Hello, and welcome to the Chest Journal Podcast, where each month we host a discussion with the authors of important articles from the current issue of the journal, adding context and commentary to the challenges facing clinicians in the fields of pulmonary, critical care, and sleep medicine. To introduce today's topic, here's your host, Dr. Gretchen Winter. On behalf of CHEST, I would like to welcome you to this CHEST Journal podcast. I'm Dr. Gretchen Winter, your CHEST podcast moderator. Thank you all for joining us today for the third part in a series of podcasts with Dr. James Stoller, where we're discussing leadership development in line with his series of articles published previously in CHEST. Today, we will be discussing his article, Emotional Intelligence, Leadership Essentials for CHEST Medicine Professionals. Dr. Stoller is a pulmonary and critical care physician and the chairman of the Education Institute at the Cleveland Clinic. He holds the Jean Wall Bennett Professorship of Medicine at Cleveland Clinic Lerner College of Medicine and the Samson Global Leadership Academy Endowed Chair. His pulmonary research interests regard alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency, and he has served on the board of directors of the Alpha-1 Foundation. His interest in leadership and leadership development stems from his pursuit of a master's in organizational development, and he serves as an adjunct professor of organizational behavior at the Weatherhead School of Management of Case Western Reserve University and honorary visiting professor at the Bayes School of Business, City University in London, the UK. He directed the American Thoracic Society's Emerging Leaders Program and directs CHEST Leadership Development Course. His recent book, Better Humans, Better Performance, regards achieving high organizational performance through creating cultures anchored in the seven classical virtues. So thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Stoller. Well, thank you, Dr. Winter. It's my deep pleasure to be with you again. So this series of articles you wrote is about leadership skills, and there are so many different important leadership skills. So what is emotional intelligence, and why did you decide to place a special focus on it? Why is it so important for leaders? Well, it's a great question, uh, Gretchen, and I'm delighted to respond. Emotional intelligence is really foundational. Uh, as we'll discuss in the course of our conversation, it's really a composite a metric of leadership competencies, and it stands in, in juxtaposition to IQ or intelligence quotient, which many of us, of course, in medicine, with all of us with high IQs, regard as critical to our success as doctors, scientists, healthcare providers. What emotional intelligence does, or EQ, is provides really the 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 other side, and some would argue and I'll support with some evidence in our conversation, an even more important part of success. So it's critical to have great IQ as a doctor, to be able to bring uh, our, our competence to the bedside in service of our patients' needs. But it's equally, uh, if not perhaps even more important, to be emotionally intelligent for both our patients' well-being and for our organization's well-being. Now, you discuss Goleman's model of emotional intelligence and its four different quadrants in your article. Can you please expand on that a little for our listeners? Sure. There are several different models of emotional intelligence, perhaps starting with Salovey and Mayer. Uh, Peter Salovey is currently the president of Yale University. They framed the model 
um, an Israeli named Baran has framed a model. And then Dan Goldman, to your question, has framed perhaps the most popular model, if you will. And the, the emotional intelligence model by Goldman and all really involves four quadrants. Uh, they are listed as follows. And with each Within each quadrant, there are component competencies. The quadrants are self-awareness, being, being aware of, of yourself and your emotional state. Number two, self-management, being able to manage yourself and your emotional state. Number three, social awareness, being aware of reading the room, if you will. Uh, and four, relationship management. In other words, being able to manage yourself in service of of, of achieving high performance in a group. So those are the four quadrants, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. And as I said, within each quadrant, there are component competencies currently listed as 12 older models, 18, uh, that inform each of these quadrants. I'll stop there. Well, I can certainly see how all of those quadrants would be important for leadership skills. So what do we know about emotional intelligence and leadership from prior studies? Well, there's a, there's a rich body of literature outside of healthcare and an emerging body of literature within healthcare that supports the relevance of emotional intelligence to leadership success. Um, in healthcare, we, we tend to think of this, um, the addition of emotional intelligence as what we call a differentiating competency versus what we call a threshold competency. What do I mean by that? A threshold competency when you're being considered to be a leader in healthcare are your traditional competencies as a doctor, as a scientist, as a, as a researcher, your CV and, and your experiences and your clinical competence, of course. And many of us would say that having a high degree of threshold competence is important to be considered for leadership, but the differentiating competency is emotional intelligence. In other words, having an impressive CV and track record as a doctor scientist gets you to be considered, but what will get you to be selected as a leader is emotional intelligence. Now, there's a lot of literature to support this, as I said, in, in industry and business in general. Uh, this goes to many, many different sectors uh, that show, for example, that success as PhDs from Berkeley, follow-up studies there, studies in, in 40 different corporations by Jacobs and Chen. All of these studies point to the fact that emotionally intelligent individuals are in the long run more successful than their counterparts with lesser degrees of emotional intelligence, but comparable degrees of IQ. So there's a substantial body of literature outside of healthcare. And as I said, within healthcare, as we'll perhaps discuss, uh, an emerging body of literature that is similarly supportive. So is there data on emotional intelligence and leadership specifically in healthcare? And yes, there is. Um, uh, and so, for example, I'll just cite a few examples of this uh, emerging literature, including some studies that we ourselves have done at my institution. First of all, as an example, Dines et al. published a paper in which they surveyed fellows in the ICU and nurses to uh, ascertain the, the caliber and qualities of the most effective intensivists. And interestingly, what emerged from that study is that the things that differentiated the most, the most effective intensivists were not cl critical care skills per se, 
the ability to place a, a central line slickly or do a bronchoscopy, et cetera. They were emotional intelligence competencies like humility, building teams, being respectful. So similarly, Keith and Buckley surveyed chairs of academic psychiatry departments about what the competencies were to lead effectively. And as you can imagine, these two were emotional intelligence competencies as opposed to being the, the best psychopharmacologists. These were things like, uh, like interpersonal communication, the ability to inspire or lead by example, having integrity and honesty, being altruistic. And lastly, Lobus uh, surveyed 10 chairs of internal medicine, just as an example, asked them what were the competencies most necessary for them to succeed. And of course, uh, they were all about emotional intelligence competencies. So there's a robust body uh, of, of literature in healthcare we ourselves at my own institution studied the outcome, a 10-year follow-up of a course uh, in which we taught leadership to colleagues, to physicians at my institution, the Cleveland Clinic, and then followed these individuals up 10 years later. We assessed their emotional intelligence using 360, uh, 360 feedback or multi-rater feedback, which is an instrument in which uh, you assess yourself and others assess you on your emotional intelligence competencies. And the long and short of it, in a sample of 272 physicians followed for 10 years, 43% of these physicians in this course were promoted to leadership at my institution. And when we looked at the correlates of their leadership promotion, they were several of the emotional intelligence competencies, such as being a change catalyst, being achievement oriented, and having self-confidence. And then when we looked at the cohort of individuals, some 18% of those individuals who had two leadership promotions, 10 of the 18 emotional intelligence competencies were significantly associated with their leadership promotion. So that emotional intelligence is critical to leadership in healthcare as well. I'll stop there. So we know that emotional intelligence is important in leadership. But can it really be taught or is it more of an innate personality trait? What does the research say? Well, that's a great question. And uh, it's the, the, the classic nature versus nurture question. And of course, some of us are, are born being more emotionally intelligent than others. But the literature is quite clear. Studies from Boyatzis et al. have shown that emotional intelligence can be learned through deliberate practice. In other words, if I want to be better at being emotionally self-aware, or if I want to be uh, better at being achievement-oriented or understanding change, I can do so uh, through deliberate practice, through uh, having specific goals, getting coaching, having stretch goals, and then giving myself grace, because these are all stretch goals and, and hard to achieve, but clearly achievable. And this has been shown in longitudinal studies at MBA students at the Weatherhead School, in which again, through serial multi, multi-rater feedback over, over up to seven years, emotional intelligence competencies can clearly increase from baseline and be sustained out to seven years of follow-up. So clearly can be learned. And what are the next steps for research in healthcare leadership, specifically with emotional intelligence? Well, as, as much studies as it has been, there are clearly opportunities to learn more, as always. And here I would say that um, the opportunities are to better understand the evolution of emotional intelligence over one's training. In fact, uh, one of my colleagues, Mintri Nguyen, uh, and I are in the process of studying this now 
among uh, some of our trainees at the Cleveland Clinic. Uh, I think there are questions about how to optimally teach emotional intelligence in a healthcare context. Uh, while we thought importantly about spiral curricula, I think the school is still out on the optimal way to communicate emotional intelligence and incorporate it into an otherwise very busy curriculum of training medical students and residents and fellows. Um, this falls under the broader rubric of health system science. You know, all of the competencies that one needs to be a successful physician in the current world that go beyond simply technical competencies. For us as pulmonary critical care doctors, understanding the lung, understanding uh, human physiology in the ICU, sleep medicine, et cetera, uh, and going to things like population health, change management, leadership, quality, uh, all of the things that fall under the rubric of health system science, emotional intelligence is clearly one of those. So needs to better understand that whole process. If any of our listeners are intrigued by this talk and are looking to further develop their emotional intelligence, do you have any specific books that you would recommend? Well, uh, yes. I've cited the work of Dan Goldman and Richard Biotsis, and they have respectively written books, of course, on emotional intelligence. Uh, Dan Goldman uh, wrote a book um, called Emotional Intelligence, Why It Could Matter More Than IQ, which gets to one of the points I made earlier, and, and certainly that would be a primer. Uh, there's another book that, that I have valued a lot called Primal Leadership by Goldman, Boyatzis, and Annie McKee. Annie is now at the University of Pennsylvania uh, and, again, talks about leadership competencies and emotional intelligence in particular. So I, I might recommend those as foundational readings. There's, there's much in the literature. And, of course, one could do a Google Scholar search or a PubMed search and find some of this material. Uh, a colleague of mine, Laura Mintz, and I have reviewed the literature in healthcare that could be found uh, on such a search as well. So stop there. So as we finish up this podcast, can you give our listeners a closing thought on what you want them to take away from this discussion and topic? Well, thank you again for the opportunity to, uh, to dialogue about this. Uh, I think my summative comment would simply be that emotional intelligence, uh, which is a very discrete competency and which can be developed through deliberate practice, is critically important to one's leadership, both at the bedside uh, in one-on-one in -on -one patient encounters, uh, as well as in an organizational context. That leaders within organizations in general and in healthcare in particular, um, really succeed by virtue of being uh, emotionally intelligent and fail uh, by virtue of lacking emotional intelligence. And so this is a critical competency to lead. That would be my, my overall summary statement. Well, a big thank you to Dr. Stoller for sharing his time and expertise today. And a big thank you to our chess community for joining us. I'm Gretchen Winter, and this is a chess podcast. Until next time. <laughs>